Book Three, Canto Three of the Fairy Queen by Edmund Spencer. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Canto Three. Merlin bewrays to Britomart the state of Artegall, and shows the famous progeny which from them spring and shall. Most sacred fire that burnest mightily in living breasts be kindled first above amongst the eternal spheres and lamping sky, and thence poured into men which men call love, not that same which doth base affections move in brutish minds and filthy lust inflame, but that sweet fit that doth true beauty love and chooseth virtue for his dearest dame, when spring all noble deeds and never-dying fame. Well did antiquity a god thee deem, that over mortal minds hast so great might to order them as best to thee doth seem and all their actions to direct aright the fatal purpose of divine foresight thou dost effect in destined descents through deep impression of thy secret might and stirredst up the rowies high intents which the late world admires for wondrous monuments but thy dread darts in none do triumph more, ne braver proof in any of thy power showedst thou, than in this royal maid of yore, making her seek an unknown paramour from the world's end through many a bitter stour, from whose two loins thou afterwards did raise most famous fruits of matrimonial bower, which through the earth have spread their living praise that fame in trump of gold eternally displays. Begin then, O my dearest sacred dame, daughter of Phoebus and of memory, that dost ennoble with immortal name the warlike worthies from antiquity in thy great volume of eternity. Begin, O Clio, and recount from hence my glorious sovereign's goodly ancestry, till that by due degrees and long pretense thou have it lastly brought unto her excellence. Full many ways within her troubled mind old Glouche cast to cure this lady's grief. Full many ways she sought, but none could find, nor herbs, nor charms, nor counsel that is chief and choicest medicine for sick heart's relief. For the great care she took and greater fear lest that it should her turn to foul reprief and sore reproach, when so her father dear should of his dearest daughter's hard misfortune hear. At last she her advised that he which made that mirror, wherein the sick damosel so strangely viewed her strange lover's shade, to weet the learned Merlin, well could tell under what coast of heaven the man did dwell, and by what means his love might best be wrought, for though beyond the Afric Ismail or the Indian Peru he were, she thought him forth through infinite endeavour to have sought. Forthwith themselves disguising both in strange and base attire, that none might them bewray, to Maradunum, that is now by change of name Carmerdin called, they took their way. There the wise Merlin, whilom went they say to make his one, low underneath the ground in a deep delve, far from the view of day, that of no living wight he might be found, when so he counselled with his sprites encompassed round. And if thou ever happen that same way to travel, go to see that dreadful place, 
It is an hideous hollow cave, they say, under a rock that lies a little space from the swift barry tumbling down a pace amongst the woody hills of Dynavour. But dare thou not, I charge, in any case to enter into that same baleful bower, for fear the cruel fiends should thee unwares devour. But standing high aloft, low lay thine ear, and there such ghastly noise of iron chains and brazen cauldrons thou shalt rumbling hear, which thousand sprites with long-enduring pains do toss, that it will stun thy feeble brains, and oftentimes great groans and grievous stounds, when too huge toil and labor them constrains, and oftentimes loud strokes and ringing sounds from under that deep rock most horribly rebounds. The cause, some say, is this. A little while before that Merlin died, he did intend a brazen wall in compass to compile about Kermartin, and did it commend unto these sprites to bring to perfect end, during which work the Lady of the Lake, whom long he loved, for him in haste did send, who thereby forced his workmen to forsake, them bound till his return their labor not to slake. In the meantime, through that false lady's train, he was surprised and buried under beer, ne ever to his work returned again. Natheless, those fiends may not their work forbear, so greatly his commandment they fear, but there do toil and travel day and night until that brazen wall they up to rear. For Merlin had in magic more insight than ever him before or after living white. For he by words could call out of the sky both sun and moon and make them him obey. The land to sea and sea to mainland dry and darksome night he eke could turn to day. Huge hosts of men he could alone dismay, and hosts of men of meanest things could frame, when so enlist his enemies to fray, that to this day, for terror of his fame, the fiends do quake when any him to them does name. And sooth, men say that he was not the son of mortal sire or other living wight, but wondrously begotten, and begun by false illusion of a guileful sprite on a fair lady nun, that while on height Matilda, daughter to Pubidius, who was the lord of Mathravel by right, and cousin unto King Ambrosius, whence he endured was with skill so marvellous. They here arriving stayed a while without, ne durst adventure rashly into wend, but of their first intent gan make new doubt for dread of danger which it might portend, until the hardy maid, with love to friend, first entering, the dreadful mage there found deep busied about work of wondrous end, and writing strange characters in the ground, with which the stubborn fiends he to his service bound. He not was moved at their entrance bold, for of their coming well he wist afore, yet list them bid their business to unfold, as if aught in this world in secret store were from him hidden or unknown of yore. Then Glauche thus, let not it thee offend that we thus rashly through thy darksome door unwares have pressed, for either fatal end or other mighty cause us to did hither send. He bade tell on, and then she thus began. Now have three moons with borrowed brother's light thrice shined fair and thrice seemed dim and wan, 
sith the sore evil which this virgin bright tormenteth and doth plunge in doleful plight first rooting took but what thing it mote be or whence it sprung i cannot read aright but this i read that but if remedy thou her afford full shortly i her dead shall see therewith the enchanter softly gan to smile at her smooth speeches weeting inly well that she to him dissembled womanish guile and to her said beldam by that ye tell more need of leechcraft hath your damosel than of my skill who help may have elsewhere in vain seeks wonders out of magic spell the old woman walks half blank those words to hear and yet was loath to let her purpose plain appear and to him said if any leech's skill or other learned means could have redressed this my dear daughter's deep and graphed ill certes i should be loath thee to molest but this sad evil which doth her infest doth course of natural cause far exceed and how's it is within her hollow breast that either seems some cursed witch's deed or evil sprite that in her doth such torment breed the wizard could no longer bear her board and brusting forth in laughter to her said glauce what needs this colourable word to cloak the cause that hath itself bewrayed ye febrimartus thus arrayed more hidden are than sun in cloudy vale whom thy good fortune having fate obeyed hath hither brought for succour to appeal the which the powers to thee are pleased to reveal the doubtful maid seeing herself descried was all abashed and her pure ivory into a clear carnation sudden died as fair aurora rising hastily doth by her blushing tell that she did lie all night in old Tithonus' frozen bed whereof she seems ashamed inwardly but her old nurse was not disheartened but vantage made of that which merlin had read and said sith then thou knowest all our grief for what dost thou not know of grace i pray pity our plaint and yield us meet relief with that the prophet still a while did stay and then his spirit thus scan forth display most noble virgin that by fatal lore hast learned to love let no whit thee dismay the heart begin that meets thee in the door and with sharp fits thy tender heart oppresseth sore for so must all things excellent begin and eke and rooted deep must be that tree whose big embodied branches shall not lin till they to heaven's height forth stretched be for from thy womb a famous progeny shall spring out of the ancient trojan blood which shall revive the sleeping memory of those same antique peers the heavens brood which greece and asian rivers stained with their blood renowned kings and sacred emperors thy fruitful offspring shall from thee descend brave captains and most mighty warriors that shall their conquests through all lands extend and their decayed kingdoms shall amend the feeble britons broken with long war they shall uprear and mightily defend against their foreign foe that comes from far till universal peace compound all civil jar it was not britomart thy wandering eye glancing unwares in charmed looking-glass but the straight course of heavenly destiny led with eternal providence that has guided thy glance to bring his will to pass ne is thy fate ne is thy fortune ill 
to love the proudest knight that ever was. Therefore submit thy ways unto his will, and do by all due means thy destiny fulfill. But read, said Glauche, thou magician, what means shall she outseek, or what ways take? How shall she know, how shall she find the man? Or what needs her to toil, sith fates can make way for themselves their purpose to partake? Then Merlin thus, Indeed the fates are firm, and may not shrink, though all the world do shake. Yet ought men's good endeavours them confirm, and guide the heavenly causes to their constant term. The man whom heavens have ordained to be the spouse of Brittermart is Artigal. He wonneth in the land of fairy, yet is no fairy born, nesib at all to elves, but sprung of seed terrestrial, and whilom by false fairies stolen away, whiles yet in infant cradle he did crawl. Nay other to himself is known this day, but that he by an elf was gotten of a fay. But sooth, he is the son of Gorlovus, and brother unto Cador, Cornish king, and for his warlike feats renowned is, from where the day out of the sea doth spring unto the closure of the evening. From thence him firmly bound with faithful band, to this his native soil thou back shalt bring, strongly to aid his country, to withstand the power of foreign Paynims which invade thy land. Great aid thereto his mighty puissance and dreaded name shall give in that sad day, where also proof of thy prow valiance thou then shalt make, to increase thy lover's prey. Long time ye both in arms shall bear great sway till thy womb's burden thee from them do call, and his last fate him from thee take away, to wrath cut off by practice criminal of secret foes that him shall make in mischief fall. With thee yet shall he leave for memory of his late puissance his image dead, that living him in all activity to thee shall represent. He from the head of his cousin Constantius without dread shall take the crown that was his father's right, and therewith crown himself in the other's stead. Then shall he issue forth with dreadful might against his Saxon foes in bloody field to fight. Like as a lion that in drowsy cave hath long time slept, himself so shall he shake, and coming forth shall spread his banner brave over the troubled south, that it shall make the warlike Mercians for fear to quake. Thrice shall he fight with them, and twice shall win, but the third time shall fair accordance make. And if he then with victory can lin, he shall his days with peace bring to his earthly inn. His son, Heidvortabor, shall him succeed in kingdom, but not in felicity. Yet shall he long time war with happy speed, and with great honor many battles try. But at the last, to the importunity of froward fortune, shall be forced to yield. But his son Malgo shall full mightily avenge his father's loss with spear and shield, and his proud foe's discomfort in victorious field. Behold the man, and tell me, Britomart, if a more goodly creature thou didst see. How like a giant in each manly part bears he himself, with portly majesty, that one of old heroes seems to be. He, the six islands come provincial in ancient times into Great Brittany, shall to the same reduce, 
and to him call their sundry kings to do their homage several all which his son Cereticus a while shall well defend and saxon's power suppress until a stranger king from unknown soil arriving him with multitude oppress great gormand having with huge mightiness ireland subdued and therein fixed his throne like a swift otter fell through emptiness shall overswim the sea with many one of his norvases to assist the britain's phone he in his fury all shall overrun and holy church with faithless hands deface that thy sad people utterly fordone shall to the utmost mountains fly apace was never so great waste in any place nor so foul outrage done by living men for all thy cities they shall sack and race and the green grass that groweth they shall bren that even the wild beast shall die in starved den whiles thus thy britons do in languor pine proud ethelred shall from the north arise serving the ambitious will of augustine and passing d with hardy enterprise shall back repulse the valiant brockwell twice and bangor with massacred martyrs fill but the third time shall rue his foolhard eyes for cadwan pitying his people's ill shall stoutly him defeat and thousand saxons kill but after him cadwallin mightily on his son edwin all those wrongs shall wreak ne shall avail the wicked sorcery of false polite his purposes to break but him shall slay and on a gallows bleak shall give the enchanter his unhappy hire then shall the britons late dismayed and weak from their long vassalage gin to respire and on their paynim foes avenge their rankled ire ne shall he yet his wrath so mitigate till both the sons of edwin he have slain Offric and osric twins unfortunate both slain in battle upon laburn plain together with the king of luthien hight aden and the king of orkney both joint partakers of the fatal pain but penda fearful of like destiny shall yield himself his liegeman and swear fealty him shall he make his fatal instrument to flick the other saxons unsubdued he marching forth with fury insolent against the good king oswald who endued with heavenly power and by angels rescued all holding crosses in their hands on high shall him defeat withouten blood imbrued of which that field for endless memory shall heaven field be called to all posterity whereat cadwallon wroth shall forth issue and an huge host into northumber lead with which he godly oswald shall subdue and crown with martyrdom his sacred head whose brother oswin daunted with like dread with price of silver shall his kingdom buy and penda seeking him adown to tread shall tread adown and do him foully die but shall with gifts his lord cadwallon pacify then shall cadwallon die and then the reign of britons eke with him at once shall die ne shall the good cadwallader with pain or power be able it to remedy when the full time prefixed by destiny shall be expired of britain's regiment for heaven itself shall their success envy and them with plagues and murrains pestilent consume till all their warlike puissance be spent 
Yet after all these sorrows and huge hills of dying people, during eight years' space, Cadwallader, not yielding to his ills, from Armoric, where long in wretched case he lived, returning to his native place, shall be by vision stayed from his intent. For the heavens have decreed to displace the Britons for their sins due punishment, and to the Saxons overgive their government. Then woe and woe and everlasting woe be to the Briton babe that shall be born, to live in thraldom of his father's foe, late king now captive, late lord now forlorn, the world's reproach, the cruel victor's scorn, banished from princely bower to wasteful wood. Oh, who shall help me to lament and mourn the royal seed, the antique Trojan blood, whose empire linger here than ever any stood? The damsel was full deep impassioned, both for his grief and for her people's sake, whose future woes so plain he fashioned, and, sighing sore, at length him thus bespake. Ah, but will heaven's fury never slake, nor vengeance huge relent itself at last? Will not long misery late mercy make, but shall their name for ever be defaced, and quite from off the earth their memory be raced? Nay, but the term said he is limited, that in this thraldom Britain shall abide, and the just revolution measured, that they as strangers shall be notified. For twice four hundredth years shall be supplied, ere they to former rule restored shall be, and their importune fates all satisfied. Yet during this their most obscurity their beams shall oft break forth, that men them fair may see. For Roderick, whose surname shall be great, shall of himself a brave example shew, that Saxon kings his friendship shall entreat, and Howelda shall goodly well endue the salvage minds with skill of just and true. Then Griffith Conan also shall uprear his dreaded head, and the old sparks renew of native courage, that his foes shall fear lest back again the kingdom he from them should bear. Now shall the Saxon selves all peaceably enjoy the crown, which they from Britain's won first ill and after ruled wickedly. For ere two hundred years be full outrun, there shall a raven, far from rising sun, with his wide wings upon them fiercely fly, and bid his faithless chickens overrun the fruitful plains, and with fell cruelty in their revenge tread down the victor's circuitry. Yet shall a third, both these and thine, subdue. There shall a lion from the seaboard wood of Neustria come roaring with the crew of hungry whelps, his battleless bold brood, whose claws were newly dipped in cruddy blood, that from the Danesk tyrant's head shall rend the usurped crown, as if that he were wood, and the spoil of the country conquered amongst his young ones shall divide with bounty head. Though when the term is full accomplished, there shall a spark of fire which hath long while been in his ashes raked up and hid, be freshly kindled in the fruitful isle of Mona, where it lurked in exile, which shall break forth into bright burning flame, and reach into the house that bears the style of royal majesty and sovereign name. So shall the Briton blood their crown again reclaim. Thenceforth, Eternal union shall be made between the nations different afore, 
in sacred peace shall lovingly persuade the warlike minds to learn her goodly lore, and civil arms to exercise no more. Then shall a royal virgin reign which shall stretch her white rod over the Belgic shore, and the great castle smite so sore withal that it shall make him shake and shortly learn to fall. But yet the end is not. There Merlin stayed, as overcommon of the spirit's power, or other ghastly spectacle dismayed, that secretly he saw, yet note to scour, which sudden fit and half-ecstatic stour, when the two fearful women saw, they grew greatly confused in behavior. At last the fury passed, to former hue he turned again, and cheerful looks as erst did shew. Then, when themselves they well instructed had of all that needed them to be inquired, they both, conceiving hope of comfort glad, with lighter hearts unto their home retired, where they in secret counsel close conspired how to effect so hard an enterprise, and to possess the purpose they desired. Now this, now that, twixt them they did devise, and diverse plots did frame to mask in strange disguise. At last the nurse, in her foolhardy wit, conceived a bold device, and thus bespake. Daughter, I deem that counsel a most fit, that of the time doth due advantage take. Ye see that good King Uther now doth make strong war upon the Paynim brethren hight Octa and Oza, whom he lately brake beside Kervelem in victorious fight, that now all Brittany doth burn in armies bright that therefore not our passage may impeach, let us in feigned arms ourselves disguise, and our weak hands, whom need new strength shall teach, the dreadful spear and shield to exercise. Nesertes' daughter, that same warlike wise, I ween, would you misseem, for ye been tall and large of limb, to achieve an hard emprise, nay aught ye want but skill, which practice small will bring, and shortly make you a maid martial. And sooth, it ought your courage much inflamed to hear so often, in that royal house, from whence to none inferior you came, bards tell of many women valorous, which have full many feats adventurous performed, in paragon of proudest men. The bold Banduca, whose victorious exploits made Rome to quake, stout Gwendolen, renowned Marcia, and redoubted Emmeline. And that which more than all the rest may sway, late days and sample, which these eyes beheld in the last field before Menevia, which Uther with those foreign pagans held, I saw a Saxon virgin, the which felled great Ulfin thrice upon the bloody plain, and had not Caradus her hand withheld from rash revenge, she had him surely slain, yet Caradus himself from her escaped with pain. Ah, read, quoth Britomart, how is she height? Fair Angela, quoth she, men do her call, no whit less fair than terrible in fight. She hath the leading of a martial and mighty people, dreaded more than all the other Saxons, which do, for her sake and love, themselves of her name Angles call. Therefore, fair infant, her example make unto thyself, and equal courage to thee take. Her hearty words so deep into the mind of the young damsel sunk, 
that great desire of warlike arms in her forthwith they tined and generous stout courage would inspire that she resolved unweeting to her sire adventurous knighthood on herself to don and counselled with her nurse her maid's attire to turn into a massy habergeon and bade her all things put in readiness anon the old woman not that needed did omit but all things did conveniently purvey it fortuned so time their turn did fit a band of britons riding on foray a few days before had gotten a great prey of saxon goods amongst the which was seen a goodly armour and full rich array which longed to angela the saxon queen all fretted round with gold and goodly well beseen the same with all the other ornaments king ryans caused to be hanged high in his chief church for endless monuments of his success and gladful victory of which herself advising readily in the evening late old glouchy thither led fair britomart and that same armoury down taking her therein apparelled well as she might and with brave baldric garnished beside those arms there stood a mighty spear which bladded made by magic art of yore and used the same in battle a to bear sith which it had been here preserved in store for his great virtues proved long afore for never wight so fast in cell could sit but him perforce unto the ground it bore both spear she took and shield which hung by it both spear and shield of great power for her purpose fit thus when she had the virgin all arrayed another harness which did hang thereby about herself she dight that the young maid she might in equal arms accompany and as her squire attend her carefully though to their ready steeds they clomb full light and through back ways that none might them espy covered with secret cloud of silent night themselves they forth conveyed and passed forward right ne rested they till that to fairyland they came as merlin them directed late where meeting with this red cross knight she fond of divers things discourses to delate but most of artegall and his estate at last their ways so fell that they mote part then each to other well affectionate friendship professed with unfeigned heart the red cross knight diversed but forth rode britomart End of Book Three, Canto Three, Recording by Thomas Copeland.